0: How much does stability really matter? The Astros are playing in their seventh straight ALCS. They haven't had a ton of stability. The Red Sox, not a ton of stability. They're not in the playoffs this year, and they're having some issues. And one ex-Guardians pitcher is going to be looking for a new place to call home to have a little bit of stability.
1: You are Locked On Guardians. daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day hello when well, today's show is brought to you by coughing i'm kidding we're gonna try to keep this under control but there's a bit of an issue for both justin and myself uh it's, it's a shame it's not a chase medical day with all of that going on that's kind of we do want to take a second and tell you to download the game time app, create an account and use the code locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase, last minute tickets, those prices guaranteed. Uh, this is the time where I wish we could play music. People have asked about like, where's our little eight bit sound. I, I emailed about playing music. Never heard back. Uh, we are just right now told not to play music. Uh, if I could, us, you know, yeah. copyright stuff. So if I could play anything right now, I would just hold up a picture of like Zach, please. Zach. Well, not hold it. Cause I don't own any, but have one appear on the screen and, Play the uh, the sad puppy song. Uh, g- g- goodbye, sweet prince. <laughs> we hardly knew you. Listen, I've had a long-standing theory that uh, 2020 season, that Plesak and Bieber looked really, really good because the centrals were terrible. Now, there's going to be someone out there like, hey, three American League centrals and three National League central teams made the postseason. And this is true. And amongst those six teams, they won two games and all lost in the first round. Uh, the bigger point is those divisions are so bad that since you only face the Central, they just beat up on the really bad teams. Milwaukee made it. The last two teams in the NL Central were NL Central and uh, the NL Plowse were from the Central. And it was just it, 2020 was a weird year. There 60 games. Of, and uh, listen, those teams were not good. And yeah, Zach Vlisak in his debut year was actually pretty solid. I, I have no fault there. But there is just that one difference where every other year he's had a walk rate that's between two to three that year it was one every other year his strikeout rate. It, it's been like six, maybe approaching seven. It was 9.3 that year. And yes, he did play with the, uh, the cheating King and get old TB, uh, TB before then uh, who we know was modifying baseball. So he might've learned some of that, but uh, this team, and it looked like Cleviger was a modifier as well. And who knows about Beaver potentially. That's been one of those things we've, People have made that accusation, but I, maybe it was modifying baseballs. But it didn't help him in 2021 when you could still modify before the rules changed. I think it was just facing terrible teams. Eight starts against terrible teams. I mean, if I went and looked at the eight teams he played, he might have just played entirely trash uh, until the postseason because he got the postseason. No, did he get the post? Wasn't he the postseason starter in game two? Wasn't it not Carrasco? It was Pleissack for game two after Bieber in game one. And Bieber was it? I could not remember, but uh yeah. And then Bieber got lit up after his great year. So I, again, I think that 20 I've had people argue with me about this, that all of baseball is pretty good. It's not, there's a lot of bad teams when you face the worst of the worst, you look better. And that the, you, if you didn't know it was police act, and you put all those years in a row, you book like, outlier outlier. Um I don't know. He, he might find a home next year. I thought it was interesting for all the teams that need pitching. We spent the whole year talking about how teams need pitching. Nobody wanted to try him for, you know, what, roughly $2 million when he got waived. Like that would have been about the cost of freight just to, Hey, maybe we can fix him. Maybe there's something, no one thought there was anything to try. Uh, he's probably going to have to get taken minor league invite somewhere.
0: Yeah. I don't foresee him getting a major league deal anywhere. I mean, in the pitching market this off season might be kind of rough. Like we've talked about, although there are, I mean, it's, it's, I don't say it's top heavy, but there are good options, but it's kind of like there are good options and then there are, 50 feet of crap, and then there's pictures like Zach sack Um yeah, there's a re like he came up with 2019. I didn't have him rank very high in my prospect list. I,
1: like I did in full transparency. I was the high man on him pretty because I saw him in college. I'm like, oh, this kid's athletic, he's a two-way guy, he showed some good stuff, he just couldn't stay healthy. Um yeah, I
0: just—I mean, I—I I didn't see him a lot in the minors, to tell you the truth. Like, he, you know, he obviously was coming off Tommy John when he got to the, when he got to Cleveland because he had Tommy John. What his last year of college? That's when Cleveland grabbed him out of yeah. uh, Ball State. He was,
1: I think he was like he, play, he was a two-way guy, but outfielder,
0: and and he didn't—he you know. didn't miss a lot of bats in the minors, like. And he was also older. Like I know he had 20, he was at high A at age, what was that? Twenty eighteen. He was twenty three years old at high A. And, you know, he missed some bats there. And it was a lot of, you know, control over command type stuff. And Mm -hmm. that was how he was getting by. And I know he came up and everyone's like, oh, this kid came out of nowhere. Nobody, you know, placed it, people didn't have him ranked. And because Nick at the time I was still running IBI. And like I was like, yeah, maybe I I missed something here. Like, you know, there's, you know, he doesn't throw that hard, but there's a good slider and, and control. And, you know, he lost more fastball velocity and the slider became hittable and, and nobody respected this fastball. So it did, they didn't have to really account for either of those pitches and they got destroyed. And yeah, I don't, I don't know. He, he, he tinkered with so many things too. Like he tinkered with deliveries and his grip and maybe, maybe it was over tinkering, but you had to do something to change because he was just getting, you know, every pitch was getting destroyed and you're right. 2020 is a giant outlier. Like, his ERA that year was 228 and his expected ERA was 340. His best ERA before that was 381. That was his rookie season. And but his expected ERA that year was 548. And his best expected ERA of his career, besides the 2020 year, was 451. So that tells me at best Zach Plisak is a replacement level starter. He's probably a guy you maybe call up for a doubleheader start if you don't have anybody else or um as a sixth starter in a in a pinch for a guy who might be missing a start or two or if you're really beat up i mean shoot cleveland at this i mean cleveland was more interested in pitching noah cinder than let's try zach please second again because they could have i know i know maybe trading rosario to the dodgers and getting cinder back was maybe about balancing salaries for both teams a little bit Hundred but but that the fact that they were able to roll what they were willing to roll with Guard for a month instead of saying, well, maybe we can see if, you know, we still have club control over Zach police. he's still way cheaper. Maybe we can find something again. No, they never went back to that. Well, Um for all their problems this year, I mean, two key was up back after, after him and. They did bullpen games and then they grabbed those guys off waivers. It's like. Yeah, I, I you're right. Twenty twenty was such an outlier with him. I'd be very curious to see what happens to him. I know he's put in a lot of time doing whatever, working on stuff. I don't, I don't think anybody doubts like that he's not trying. It's not like he's going out there and just hoping for the best. Like I think everybody can see that he's put the work in. It's just you know, it is what it is. And I think
1: he was he got high always... on a
0: lot of control. Yeah, he was a
1: fringe guy, and yeah. the problem with that is if anything backs up even slightly, or if uh you lose any confidence in it or your you, your control doesn't stay and the command doesn't stay at that high level stuff happens and we saw uh, you know he would have good stretches he'd have bad stretches this is the right call like you're not going to let him hit uh, listen he wasn't going to be arbitration eligible cuz he was the minors anyways him opting out is for the best um you know I wouldn't be surprised I mean Josh he... Tomlin had a better career than him like Josh Tomlin 100%. but Tomlin didn't had have... better control and command like he didn't have Tomlin's level of control and command
0: Right, and Tomlin was really never a prospect. I remember, I remember seeing Tomlin a lot at Lake County, and I, I had
1: had him on the outside uh, almost entirely because I remember this because he made the top twenty prospect list that back in the day at uh, Baseball America for the Double A level, and anyone who made that list uh, back when I was not like, (laughs) okay, so my prospect list back in the day when Tomlin was in Double A Akron was based off of like, hey, he's listed in some place. So my prospect lists were heavy on uh, influence, influence. Right, right. I do remember he made it because he at least made that top 20 list and he was rated as best control at the level. So anyone who also rated best, any tool that was part of what I was doing, which just made me, um, yeah, I I was a compiler, not a evaluator. Yeah.
0: When Tom, when Tomlin was a prospect, I will say I was uh, still pretty young and he won. he went like 10 and three at Lake County. I thought, well, that's a great record. You know, he must, be able to win games. I didn't really have a whole lot on him other than that when I was I, I wasn't like I was ranking prospects but really back then. I think I was I think he was with Lake County in like 03 or 04. So I was still in high school at that point and I didn't know a whole lot. I don't you know know a whole lot more now but I definitely didn't know I knew a lot less then and I went off I went off some of that. But yeah I like if you look at the two of them t- Josh Allen had a better career. If if police act had Tomlin's level of control and command and um maybe just pitchability, I don't know. Maybe he would still be around. I think that just tells you the kind of pitcher Plesak is like his, cause Tomlin never had great stuff. Like he had a good curveball. He threw every pitch you could think of besides a knuckleball. Like he threw cutters, he threw four seams, he threw sinkers, he threw changeups. Like he threw everything. It was getting by with a lot of unpredictability and control and a couple of decent pitches. Plesak, you know, two pitches. It was the slider and the fastball and didn't have, like you said, didn't have Tomlin's commander control. And, just didn't have that that really at least one standout pitch. The slider was good. And I thought maybe maybe they could put him in the bullpen. Maybe he can be a slider monster in the bullpen and maybe he gets the velocity up, but that never happened either. And he clearly wants to stay a starter. And yeah, I don't I don't I don't foresee him getting anything more than a minor league deal this offseason.
1: Agreed. Like and why would anyone do that? Like everyone could have him for two million bucks. No one wanted to even try. Uh he's just gonna be he's trying to get a camp invite to a team. For- Watch him
0: resurface with like the White Sox, I mean, there uh, might be
1: a, a team out there that
0: thinks they can I, fix you know, it.
1: I, I bet I bet he he gets back to the big leagues. I, I would bet on that and not against it. Um, I will bet on some more fun conversations uh as we continue on in the show, though. I agree, that's one thing we agree on.
0: And the one thing I think we can agree on too is you should be downloading the game time app if you are trying to get tickets to any event. I got to tell you next month, I got to let Jeff know this. I haven't let him know yet. I've got a lot of events coming up in November. I bought tickets to events long ago that I had forgotten about that. Now it's time to go to these events. And uh, if you're a person who wants to get tickets to late to events before they happen, whether they're comedy shows, sporting events, concerts, uh, if you wait until last minute, don't worry about it because you can browse the GameTime app and get last minute tickets with flash deals and you'll be guaranteed to get the best price. Because if the, uh, you find the ticket in the same section or row for less, the game time guarantee is going to make sure you get 110% of the difference from game time. You can even see seating charts um, where your seats are if you are into that kind of thing. I, I like to know where I sit before I buy a ticket. And when you use our code locked on MLB the on the game time app, you're going to get $20 off that first purchase. So create that account and redeem the code locked on MLB. For $20 off, terms apply. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest prices guaranteed. ALCS finally got underway on Sunday, and NLCS to follow. Listen to those games on your Sirius XM app. Be curious to see what the conversation will be on Sirius uh, Baseball Radio, on, on channels there when the guardians finally find their manager we know now that uh per paul Hines, that the guardians are going to or they already have interviewed chris Faleka. and apparently not only did mike sarbaugh not interview for the job he declined an interview so
1: that's two people and i think
0: i think internally the reason, by the way yeah
1: and that's three internals but two internal declines i think that is a sure sign they just don't think like, why, why spend the time? Like, the, I'm not going to get this. You're not going to get it. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think there's a degree of that. It could be a degree of someone like Sandy who seems like he's just content in his role and doesn't really want the added pressure. But I think they I know. I think
0: that those I guys think, maybe just don't. Yeah, you're right. They don't. They're they at a stage of the career where they don't want to do that.
1: So, I mean, the thing was with, with both those guys is their jobs could change their roles. If you get a new manager, there's no guarantee that they're just going to accept, you know, the way things are set up. If you're coming in here, you're going to want, have the power to do things your own way. And I think right now, if you're looking at the way things are set up, you know, those guys could be in for a role change, uh, which is why I think you'd want to interview. But I also think they, uh, that it just leads to what I've been well, kind of. of yeah. And it leads to what I've been pushing from the start, which is, I think this team is all about external options. I think they can even see that. That's part of the reason I think some of these guys just don't, aren't pushing for the, uh, the interview. It's like, they know there isn't a chance.
0: Yeah, probably that. Like you said, they're, I think they're just comfortable with their career at this point. And to reiterate, I think I talked about this with Zach last week, and if you hadn't had a chance to go back and listen to last week's interviews with Zach, a lot of good insight on not only the, the years with Tito here, but you know this, the manager search going on right now. They, you know, Chris Antonetti said Sandy Elmer will be back. He will continue to have a role with this club. He didn't box himself in and say he's going to be the first base coach or he's going to be this coach or he's going to have this role. Like. He just said he'll have a role that is going to be up to the manager. I think that's just saying that should the new manager come in and say, I don't want, I want this guy in this role. And Sandy doesn't want to do it. The organization will shift Sandy to a different role. So the organization's already saying they're going to guarantee Sandy in some role in some effect. They did not go out of their way to say that for anybody else, but it is interesting. They're also interviewing Chris Valaika and, so I I would say like we've we've seen a lot of candidates that have like don't have a large resume or maybe are a little more unknown. Craig Alvarez, has- <laughs> I'm sorry. He's he's definitely known to some people. Uh, <laughs> they know Veleka. Like we we thought that maybe some of those other interviews could have been for oh maybe they'll be part of the staff but like John McDonald, not necessarily the manager role. Veleka they already know he's on the staff. They went out of their way to to finally move on from Ty Van Berkelio and bring in Vileka, and I'll be curious to see. I know there's going to be a faction of people who are like, why are they interviewing Vileka? The offense was terrible. And this just goes back to, okay, is it Vileka? Is it the players? Because these are the same players in 2022 that they made the the playoffs with, and everyone was like, oh, maybe the, the dink and dunk offense works. Maybe the switch to contact, they're zigging and everyone's zagging. And then we found out that a lack of power doesn't guarantee you a whole lot of consistency offensively it requires a lot of things to go right and is that the lake's fault like how many times have we have the conversation that you know can you expect the chef to make a meal you're looking for if you don't let him pick the ingredients like you know you got to have good hitters to work with it's it's, it's the same with Dan Berkeley too truthfully everyone to run him out of town but you know you gave him Bradley Zimmer and Oscar Mercado and Bobby Bradley and you didn't give a whole, you didn't give Van Berkley a lot to work with. He was the hitting coach in 2016, right? Van Berkeley, when they had Napoli and Santana and Kipnis and Lindor and Jose and Chisholm was good in, that, in his role. And um, Roberto Perez had, had, had 20. I know that that might've been the baseball a little bit, but like, and, and this all is to say too, that coaches and managers get way too much credit when things go well. And they also get way too much blame when things go bad. So that's why. That's why I said when we did our show about offseason priorities that, you know, whoever they hire is important, no doubt. But it can't be it, the reason it's not my number one priority for them is because you can't give them the same ingredients and expect new results. Like you could do some things to change it up and and make a different flavor out of it, but at the end of the day, the players got to perform, and if you don't have the right players, it's not going to work.
1: I, I will say the Chris Volokas midseason interview again just left a horrible taste in my mouth. as... That inter- it was Zach. It's like, uh, that felt like someone being George reactive. Yeah. It's like, it felt reactive and like condescending and someone who was just not there, you know, ready for the job. And it's, it's a situation. Yeah. You, you have the ingredients aren't great, but you took this job knowing what the ingredients are knowing what the approach is and you should have some, listen, I don't like the way they set this team up. I've been very honest about that when I, again, am I a baseball mind? No. Am I connected to the front office? only by the barest of threats Uh, but i but when i play anything you know i I sit there and put way too many hours into otp i play at the hardest difficulty not that that matters but the one thing i feel like having put thousands probably thousands of hours into otp sadly is um you know this contact only approach you need additional tools you need some balance you need walks and hitting or you need power and it and this approach has too much variance and too much luck built into it hence why we talk about bat pip so much on the show and he bought into this approach. He knew the players he was gonna have. He needed to have a mindset as the hitting coach of how he was gonna handle the variance and luck. And instead this team just regressed, regressed, regressed. So, I mean, I agree with you to a degree, like, yeah, coaches get way too much credit um, for player performance. But I also think he looked like a guy without a plan and or a, and a way to adapt. All we heard was like, Josh Bell is hard to coach. And Josh Bell goes to Miami, and they they figured it out. Like, why was that? Did they know because I think we all saw that was coming. Like, no, I know, but he listened more there than he did here. Like, what? I don't why? know if we
0: know that for sure. I, I I think Josh Bell was hitting the ball hard, and
1: why did Richie Palacios him? go to the Cardinal? I mean, I know this is what you hate: the they go to a new team and perform. But it is weird how many guys here don't seem to get the correct coaching or they somehow do exceed when they leave. Like that is something at some point we have to like, Hey, it's, is it, you know, Owen Miller came back to earth. So, and Richie Palacios is a small sample and Josh Bell is Josh Bell. So yeah, this is what he does. He has a good half and a bad half. We just happen to get the bad half. But I, 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 when it's like I said, again, this whole team across the board when everyone has a down year that reflects back to me.
0: Agreed. I don't know if that's all Chris Vileka's fault. But I mean, yeah, as a coach, you do take a certain amount of responsibility for that. And you're right. He did accept the job knowing the players that were here. And, you know, I'm sure in the interview, they were honest and said, this is the approach. This is that he knows the players he's going to work with. And this is what we do. I got two more things on the lake I want to talk about. And I also, we wanted to get to uh, Boston's hilarious uh, GM search here before we get out of here on this episode. So stick with us a lot more to talk about today.
1: October baseball is back and anyone can make a postseason debut with FanDuel in America's number one sports book. Join FanDuel today and you'll get started with $200 in bonus bets. Guaranteed, (laughs) excuse me, when you place your first $5 bet, just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to create your new account. Uh, Right now, what we're seeing in today's game, Jordan Montgomery is certainly a name to know when it comes to FanDuel and a name to pay attention to. Uh, What a day for him. Leo Tavares. Also, someone we'll probably talk about at some point this offseason, maybe even with locked on Braves host, Bryce, but you want to head to FanDuel with some of that information. And you can get on the action on the first pitch into the final out, but on everything from strikeouts to home runs to who will win the game. And if you want to wait the whole game to get a W, predict what will happen in the next at bat with quick bets. So head over to fanduel.com slash locked on right now. Step up to the plate this postseason with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Make every moment more with fanduel.com, official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball.
0: And stay locked on to the Sirius XMF for all of your uh, postseason action. Listen to ALCS and NLC action, NLCS action there. Okay, so the Vlaka thing, one thing. I think part of the approach is is this, and I think Cleveland has admitted this. Um, these contact guys, right? Like you get these guys who make contact, and their argument is well, it's easier to teach a guy to hit for power than it is to teach a guy to hit. Like this was, this was kind of the thing with Will Benson, you know, they took the Will Benson type of player and Hey, he's got a lot of power. Can we teach him to put the bat on the ball more? And, you know, to Will Benson's credit and, and maybe some of Cleveland's too, because, you know, before he got traded, we saw the strikeout rate come down. We saw some things get better. I don't know if that was more of a contact thing, much as it was an approach thing. Um, but that's not, really not the point I'm trying to make here is I think they felt like, and we, and we've seen evidence of this, the way bat training and, and things like that, this is all around baseball, not just Cleveland is that you can take a guy who doesn't have for a lot of power, but he makes a lot of contact and hopefully he can add some power. This is not dissimilar to Jose Ramirez, right? Jose Ramirez made a ton of contact in 2016, not a power hitter, but he learned to um, pull, hit the ball to the pole side and get it in the air. And that's, that's something a lot of teams are, are also looking at too. And, Juan Brito looks like that to that effect too. Not every guy is going to be Jose Ramirez. That's the thing you have to worry about too, but they felt like they could take some of these guys like Quan and Will Brennan and Tyler Freeman and say, okay, they put the bat on the ball. Can we teach him to hit, the, hit it for more power and get to, you know, 20 home runs? Can we just get him to 20? And I think it's hard to get a guy who maybe has 40 power where it's a, it's a 10 to 12 home run type of bat and get him into the twenties. I think that's hard. That's maybe the approach they were going with thinking that would work out. And if that's what you're banking on doing, then yeah, your hitting coach, not just your hitting coach, it's going to be the entire, it's going to be the entire organization. You know, they have Alex Eckelman who is like their director of hitting. It's everybody from him to, to guys like Chris Valleca that have influence in how this works. So, that approach is risky, but it's, if they don't, if it doesn't work out, then the experiment fails. Is it the coaching? It might be because if that's the, you can't blame the players. If, if your coaching can't help them do it, if that was your philosophy all along, the players might just, that might be who they be. It might be, that might be who, who they are as players. The other thing is let's say does Vileka, have any, any, any sort of input over the kind of players he wants, the hitters he wants, you might've been given one thing, right. But would he be given influence over acquiring certain kind of players or a certain type of hitter? You know what I mean? Like maybe that's part of the interview you're at, and you're asking him in the interview is okay. We gave you this type to work with, and this is what we have in the system. But what do you feel is important to have in a player or a hitter? And I'm not, because you're not just interviewing Chris Flake for his job, right? He's already interviewed for the hitting coach job. So you're not interviewing him just to keep his job. If you are, I don't think he's taking it. I don't think he's interested because, you know, why would he interview for the job he's already had here? So I'm not saying he's a serious candidate. Maybe he is. I'm just saying, I don't think it's a case of interviewing for his, to keep his own job, but how much influence does he gain over the type of hitter? Because we see what he worked with and didn't work or is hard to work with, but what influence does he have over the type of player he'd like to work with? If he's, elevated
1: i mean yeah but i mean again this is the way this team is built like he knew what there was when he's coming in it's not like they've outside of bell he had zanino, over that time. i know but he came in knowing what it was he knew the bad he was getting you know he knew the team that he was coming to and he needed to have approaches or knowledge or the ability to work with that um i mean outside of zanino and bell nothing has changed you know and, and those guys didn't stick around so I, again, I you know it's great. They're gonna it seems like they're gonna give every internal candidate an opportunity. But I know you we were pressed for time, so we should flip around and talk about how uh, Boston is chaos and no one wants to go there.
0: Yeah, the story, I think it was from Boston. was it Matt Massachusetts Live? I forget the story. Uh, I sure think it's Christopher Smith who's a good writer for uh, the Red Sox or covers the Red Sox. So they've been having a hard time getting candidates out there in Boston for the GM job because the the issue is they've had a lot of turnover in that in that uh, organization recently and the gm coming in will not get to pick his own head or his own manager because they're sticking with Alex Cora and the farm system is is kind of rough like they have good position player prospects are they going to spend money because this is a team that also forced their gm to trade mookie betts and that gm is now gone because the trade didn't work out but Everybody knew he was forced into it. Like, what are you going to do? Um, but it's just an interesting conversation with, so, you know, Chris is not going anywhere. Mike Chernoff hasn't even been rumored to go there because it doesn't matter because I don't I don't think they're going to have a – Mike Chernoff would only leave for a president of baseball operations job, I would think, and I don't know if that's available in Boston. But um, just interesting that, you know, the Red Sox who even even in their – years where they're cutting payroll obviously they have a payroll that dwarfs what cleveland spends and you have you know they've they've been denied by gms or candidates to not interview there and it just it just makes you wonder like (laughs) how much how much of a price um does stability give you like obviously cleveland has has the payroll issue but um they never have issues getting people hired away from them or I don't think there's any lack of interest in the managerial job here. Um, they have certainly no issues getting any quality candidates into their front office. Like people want to interview to work here too. Um, just interesting. What 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 is the ultimate price for stability? You know, to give up stability. What's your comfort level with, you know, there's not a lot of stability here, but I can work with a lot of money. I might get paid well. Like, didn't we, didn't we have this conversation a few weeks ago? Like how hard it is to find a good boss to work for did we have that conversation yeah boston seems to be teetering on that edge of maybe it's not a great environment to work in despite how much money they can give you like there's only so much crap you can put up with i mean they'll find somebody obviously and, and they're still going to spend a ton of money and they'll figure they'll end up being decent but like it's just an interesting juxtaposition the astros have had a lot of turnover too right and they're in their seven straight alcs
1: Yeah, they have had massive turnover and they're still getting done, but it helps when you cheat. So, you know. And Yeah, and the the culture's bad there. So, um, but uh, very quickly, we've got a few minutes. Should we talk about how hilarious it was that uh, the situation came out where the Sean Murphy trade was reported, what the Giants end of it was going to be, what what they asked the Giants for. Again, with the the reminder that the – uh, the Oakland Athletics took Esther Ruiz, who was apparently their target, because he's got great speed. And then still don't have a center fielder after you know Christian Pache, who is a pretty useful player for the Phillies right now, who Oakland couldn't figure out. David, uh, is his name David Frost? I, you know, wasn't that Forrest, the poet? Forrest. Forest, not yes. Frost. Frost is the Robert Frost. Is uh, the poet, Robert Frost, right? yeah. And D- David <laughs> was David Frost, the like Frost versus Nixon guy, isn't there a David Frost? Um, but oh, yeah. Yes, so that Schultz. is the prosperous Nixon guy. I just I just double check that. Um, but he's just done an awful job, <laughs> and these two trades are just front and center with it. So if you missed it, th- they were talking about Mario Luciano, who arguably was the twins' number two prospect, I think a year ago. most people Giants, man, I'm having a hard time. Giants, um, <laughs> awesome. and because uh, I think everyone had Harrison one, and then they either wanted Harrison or they wanted both. Either of those guys are light years ahead of Ruiz and then the back end arms they got that um, they settled for in Oakland. And the fact that they had made some, you know, talk about Luciano and pieces to then backtrack and be like Ruiz. It's like my I, yeah, listen, I talked about it all the time on the show a year ago. I was like, listen, I'm willing, I wasn't going to trade the big three. A lot of people love George Valera. I'm like, give him Valera, give him Allen. Give him another piece. Would I miss Allen now? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Especially but, after the Espino injury. Yes. But I would still do that deal because Naylor could, you could, you could very easily, people may not like this, but if you had Murphy and you locked him up like they did, Naylor could be that outfielder you need. Like he is so super athletic. He could have moved off catcher and then been that bat we're talking about. Like this team just needs bats. Logan Allen is better than anything by a mile right now that Oakland got maybe in either of their trades. Like I might rather have Logan Allen than Shade Lears.
0: 100%.
1: You know, like what, what a, a butcher job by the, those in charge there. Yeah. You have to take these things with a grain
0: of salt too, because it's always, well, this is what they asked for. And, and we've heard this going back years with like the Reds and Todd Frazier, how the Reds wanted like Cody Allen and Bradley Zimmer or Danny Salazar. And it's like, they could say that all they want and that trade was never going to happen. And the, you know, the giants, I don't blame them for not trading um, any of those guys that were reported, but it's just hilarious how, you know, every, they, they target every firm system is different and what you want from them. But um, yeah, to shoot high like that and then end up where you did, is just hilarious because Cleveland, I'm sure could have found a deal that would have been better, but that just tells you why the A's are where they are. I have a lot more to say about the Sean Murphy thing that, um, we didn't get to today and we also want to talk about uh the brewers have a pitching injury situation and could the guardians match up with them so stay tuned for that on tomorrow's show
1: yep more murphy more brewers more fun thank you for tuning tuning in today uh we appreciate all you everydayers remember to do your part tune in rate and review all that fun jive and go go guardians go